I'm in the process of packing my bags to go to Portugal. I am delighted to be attending MicroConf Europe this year. It's been a couple years since I have joined the crew. For those who may not know, MicroConf is my husband Rob's conference. It is an event in which he helps fuel success for bootstrapped SaaS companies. Throughout the years that I've been running Zen Founder and working with entrepreneurs of all different kinds, bootstrap SaaS founders just feel like home territory. Folks that I understand, businesses that I generally understand. So going to MicroConf is a little bit like going home, returning to a place that I'm familiar with, with people or at least a kind of person that is well known to me. If you are attending MicroConf Europe in Lisbon, please come and say hi. One of the challenges of doing a podcast is you don't necessarily see the audience. You don't see the faces looking back at you. So I always love to hear from people that listen to the podcast about what they think, what they like. Definitely don't be a stranger. And hey, even if you are not attending <laughs> the MicroConf Lisbon event, feel free to drop me a note, send me an email, reach out to me on social media and let me know what you think. We've switched up formats this year, as you are well aware, and the podcast is much shorter. It closely matches, if not identically matches, the content that we are preparing for YouTube. So I'm curious whether you like the bite-sized chunk, the shorter format. Because I don't commute, I tend to really like short podcasts, especially if they can deliver like a meaningful chunk of information that's applicable that I can do something with. I love that in like 10 minutes. It's what it takes me to do the dishes, walk the dog. Like a lot of my life happens in these little 10 minute chunks. So that's what we are going for with this new format. But there are also downsides. There can be a sense of it's just not deep enough. It's not actionable enough. Maybe there's not enough context or explanation. So if you're finding that to be the case, I'd love to hear that. We always have the option of elongating or shortening based on what is most helpful to you. Thanks so much for listening. And whatever you're up to today, I hope it is a fantastic day. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means. Sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host. I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. All right, buckle up for this one. I want to talk to you about why your sexual life matters for your business life. Those two things may seem super separate in your mind, but I think one has a significant amount of influence over the other. Our sexuality and our capacity for intimacy has a very significant role to play in our overall mental health. And I think sometimes we forget about this. We don't really see sex as something that is really core to who we are as humans and what keeps us healthy and grounded and connected both to ourselves and to the important people in our lives. So one of the things that I often ask the folks that I work with about is their sex lives. Hey, I'm a doctor. It's cool. I can ask about that. But I think it's super important because our capacity for intimacy our sex life, helps us practice a variety of really important skills that shape 
our general mental well-being, as well as how we show up in our businesses. The first is that touch, sexual touch, intimate touch is very regulating for us. Our bodies need touch. We as humans are designed for, you know, sort of tribal experiences. We need touch to help calm our nervous systems. We need touch to help us move through big emotions. And our sexual health is a big part of that. When we are really connected in a physical sense with someone that we love, that we trust, where we feel safe to breathe, where we, we feel safe to be unguarded, where we feel safe to be in pleasure. That is a whole psychological experience of being in safety, of being in flow, of our nervous system calming down, maybe then getting excited, but then calming down again, going through a whole experience that allows us to be really in our bodies and in our own sensory experience. So I would argue that that is just an important part of mental health, period. But I think many entrepreneurs are really in, we're in our heads, right? We're strategizing, we're thinking, we're projecting into next quarter, we're considering our next hire, we're tracking revenue, like lots of stuff is happening in our brains that it's extra difficult for us to get into our bodies and to our senses and to be really present for a sexual experience. Great sex involves presence, like we're all in, our brains are focused, our bodies are focused, we're interpersonally connected. Great sex also involves safety. We can't be stressed and also really experiencing the full range of pleasure that our bodies are capable of. To experience pleasure does imply a level of safety and relaxation in order to really feel into all of the elements of the experience. So a second component of our sexual health that is pretty important to how we show up in our work is our capacity to ask for what we want and get consent. There's a lot of communication that's involved in sex and it's both reading the room, some of it's non-verbal, and then often it's very verbal. We're asking our partner for what we want, what feels good to us, we're expressing our needs, we're even expressing our desire for sex. Sometimes that is met with enthusiasm, sometimes less so, and so then we have to navigate the challenges of expressing our desires and needs, maybe not always having them be reciprocated, working through that disappointment and then reconnecting with our partner, you know, regardless of how that went. So there's a lot of kind of interpersonal intricacy and uh, communication that is part of a healthy sexual relationship that I think translates well, you know, on the surface to our work. How do we clearly, concisely ask for what we want? How do we get consent? How do we assess other people's enthusiasm? How are we really present to someone else's experience so that we can gauge how we can move forward together in the most productive way? And when that doesn't work well, how do we repair? How do we pick ourselves back up when we feel maybe a little bit rejected or when our ideas aren't enthusiastically received? Our sexual relationships kind of help us practice navigating all of those interpersonal processes. A third thing that is part of healthy sexuality that I think has a lot to teach us in the business world is our ability to put ourselves forward without shame. Shame is this sense of hiding. It's a sense of, I'm not good enough, I'm not capable, maybe we call it imposter syndrome. We can wrap it in lots of different things. But generally, shame is a sense of, I need to obscure some part of who I am and what I have to offer because it's not okay. 
Um, shame is a pretty toxic emotion for most of us. The hiding part is the toxic part. I mean, all of us have stuff that we're growing in or imperfections or, you know, problems in how we lead, problems in how we love. Like, God, none of us is perfect. But the sense of like, I gotta hide it is the part that is most problematic. And I think that shows up a lot in our sexuality, right? There's a lot of vulnerability in the emotions around sex, in the social and cultural messages around what kind of sex is okay with whom and when and all of the conditions around that. And for many of us, it leads to lots of tiptoeing and hiding and not saying and not expressing and blah, blah, blah. And so when we allow ourselves to get pretty clear and pretty comfortable about who we are in our bodies, who we are as lovers, who we are as partners, we can really, in real life, in three dimensions, work on pushing shame aside and being very present, very vulnerable and very open, and be able to both receive love well and offer love well. And that process of sort of banishing shame from our inner worlds is extraordinarily helpful to who we are as leaders because it allows us to sort of stand solidly within ourselves and say, this is who I am, this is what I have to offer, and this is how I'm growing, this is how I'm imperfect, but I'm here for it. Like, I'm trying, I'm present, let's go. The sexual part of us just collectively as humans, I think is one of the areas of most brokenness. Some of the stats suggest that as many as one in four women and one in six men have a history of unwanted sexual experiences or sexual abuse in their past. So there's a lot of anxiety, pain, hurt, acting out that can happen within our sexual stories. It's an important area of healing for all of us as humans and perhaps even more so for those of us as leaders. Because when we are off kilter in our sexual energy, when we are not paying attention to the broken or the shadowy parts, when we are acting out, when we are taking advantage of power dynamics, there's all kinds of problems that can arise when we're not really healthy in our sexuality. It's not good for us, it's not good for our relationships, it's not good for our companies actually. So it's an area that I would encourage you to just settle into as something that is important. Let it be important. If you are in maybe a long-term relationship where sex has gotten a little bit stagnant, it is a great use of resources to spend some time increasing your sexual health. Maybe that's working with a therapist, maybe it's going to some seminars, maybe it's reading some books on Tantra, I don't know what it is for you. But don't let this part of you just fall to the side. Don't ignore it as something that's like recreational or just not important. Let it be something that is central to who you are and what it means for you to be a healthy and fulfilled human. Because if that is not in place in your private life, it's definitely not going to be in place in your public life. It's not going to be in place in your business. So spend the time, have the hard conversations, do some experimenting and exploring, let yourself experience touch, let yourself experience communication, consent, let yourself experience comfort in who you are and in what you love, knowing that those parts of you are really important and serve an important purpose. So being an entrepreneur, being a leader, it's hard work. My job is to make it a little bit easier or at least find some meaning along the challenge or at least help you find some meaning in the midst of the challenge. 
also get lots of podcast information. I've got like, I don't know, 200, 300 episodes of backlog that are free and available and hopefully helpful to you. You can visit those at zenfounder.com. You can also learn there more about what my team and I offer in terms of support for you as an entrepreneur. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.